The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL player, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL can see the helmets. And the game balls to see which teams I played for. Or you can just Google it, which is crazy easy. Got a bunch of different media gigs. And I've got a bunch of different podcasts. We will record the College Draft podcast early this morning as well. Getting everybody ready for this week of bowl games. Including an unbelievable college football playoff semifinal, we're hoping, on Saturday. So make sure you're listening to the College Draft Podcast this week. It's really three podcasts in one. It's like a college football podcast. We talk about the games. It's an NFL Draft Podcast. We talk about the best players in those games, the best prospects. And then it's kind of like a college football betting podcast because Emery and sometimes I make our picks against the spread as well. So check out the College Draft Podcast this week. Uh, It is a new week, which means we'll have new winners here on the show. Love winners. Love those of you that just do any little tiny thing extra. You don't have to, right? I'm I'm just thankful that you listen, but I don't know. Those of you that do something a little extra, I like to reward you. I like to send you something, which by the way, anybody that's won over the last month or so, really hoping that I can get that signed pictures, especially those signed press passes out to you this week. Got a pretty special one, by the way from that Saturday night Christmas Eve victory for the Steelers over the Raiders, the immaculate reception game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big win for them. We'll get into that momentarily. Mondays, I typically give you whatever I thought the themes of the weekend were. And then also, the only things you really need to take away and know from each game. I know a lot of you have already seen the highlights. You already know the score. I'm just telling you the things I think are notable moving forward from those games. We will have a new spread the word winner. We do these things every week. We do them because these are the three things that probably help us the most. Spreading the word somehow via social media. Love any type of quote, tweet, any type of like on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. 
all of it's eligible at Ross Tucker NFL on all of them or at Ross Tucker pod, Twitter and Instagram. Then the sponsor confirmation email winner. You take advantage of any of our sponsors. We got a new one this week. Peloton. Very exciting. I've been waiting to get a sponsor like Peloton. Uh, you can take advantage of the code at Peloton. Send me the email, Ross at RossTucker.com or any of the ones we have on the sponsor page and be a winner. Or the YouTube shout out. Love doing the cameo style videos for you guys. It's just so fun for me to do. YouTube.com slash NFL. Subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. You're not paying anything. Make any type of comment. And you got a great shot. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Ross, before we get into any of these games, what are your overall themes from week 16 in the NFL? You know, I got a few, I guess, Jack, um, but not like big ones this week. Number one, I guess I would say um, I thought it was interesting to see Elton Jenkins and Jack Conklin both get pretty big extensions, a couple of offensive linemen for the Packers and Browns, respectively. With three games left, you know, it used to be that teams would try to sign guys this time of year because you used to not be able to roll over your salary cap space. I don't really know what the incentive is now. I mean, for the teams, it's to try to lock up these players before they get to free agency and someone offers them a lot more money. So I get that. For the players, Boy, you only have three games left before you have a chance to hit the market and really have a chance to see what your your value is. So I, I think that's interesting that these guys are signing these deals with three games left. I want to make sure that they both, in fact, would be free agents after this year because that makes a big difference too if they still have another year after this as well. Um But that is, it used to be a lot more common than it is now. And I know folks like Joe Banner, the former Eagles president, would say that these guys should have waited. Elton Jenkins was drafted in the second round of 2019. So 19, 20, 21, 22. So he was three games away. Now they might make the playoffs now, but essentially three games away from free agency. I'm a little surprised. Elton Jenkins did that, but they gave him a lot of money. Um, so I never fault any player. He tore his ACL last year. He knows he's a play away from a bad injury, life-altering money. You guys know how I feel. How about the Miles Austin news? Miles, the former wide receiver, was the wide receiver coach for the Jets, but he got caught um, betting on other sports. You're not allowed to do it as NFL employee, player, coach. He did not bet on the NFL, but he was betting on other stuff, suspended for at least a year. The NFL is not messing around when it comes to betting. The problem with betting on other sports is that if you're not doing well, then you can be so inclined to perhaps, you know, maybe that leads to betting on your own sport. Or maybe that leads to even just giving – coaches or whoever in other sports more information about your team so that they can bet on your team and then you in turn get information from them about their team so you can bet 
for or against their team. It's just um, it's just not a good thing to get involved in. I also don't really. There's always this uproar of like, oh, but what about all the sports book money they're taking? I I I think it's intellectually dishonest for people that don't see the difference. Like you don't see the difference between fans being able to wager and participants like players and coaches. I, I, I never understand like this mini uproar when Calvin Ridley or Miles Austin and people that think it's hypocrite. I don't think it's hypocritical at all. They're, they're two separate and distinct entities. One is the actual participants. The other is fans. And yes, the NFL and the teams are going to generate revenue from the fans betting on the games. That doesn't mean it's okay for players and coaches to. I, I don't see what's so complicated there. Oh, the last theme? Two more themes. I, I'm so impressed by so many NFL fans, especially the people that were in like Chicago, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. It was so cold. I mean, really, really cold. And I'm really, really impressed by the folks that stuck it out, hung in there, and were able to uh, go to their team's games. I mean, I was cold just walking from the parking lot to the stadium to go indoors for the Steelers Raiders games. And there were people already just standing outside waiting to go in. I don't know what they were waiting for. I guess they just want to be the first ones in there, but wow. Last thing is a holiday thought. Did get a chance to open the gifts with uh, my daughters yesterday. Really, really special. And then being at the in-laws, had a good meal, um, hanging out with them and my brother-in-law's sister. Awesome. You know, I did think though, neither me nor my wife have any grandparents still alive. Man, I wanted like a grand, a grandma hug or just to call them, see how they're doing. And I don't know why I'm sharing that with you guys, but uh, if you haven't noticed, I'm kind of a uh, big sentimental whatever. Um, but I just wanted to encourage those of you that still have your grandparents or parents or whatever to to call them because there will be a time when they're not around anymore and you'll wish that you could. Uh, one other thought. I mentioned this earlier. How about us having a new sponsor? And how about it's awesome and it's Peloton? So I know you guys know about Peloton bikes. Did you know they also make treadmills? Did you know my wife has a Peloton treadmill and loves it and uses it all the time? Here's the other thing that's huge about Peloton that people don't realize. They have classes. So, you know, with your subscription or membership, you get yoga, strength training, hit, boxing. It's awesome. The instructors are cool. I'm a big fan of their music. Like I hear my wife listening to the music. It is awesome. Um, I need to get into Peloton more. You know, I, because I played, I have my own kind of workout routine. But maybe that's what can help me change up my workout routine. Start doing the uh, the Peloton a little bit more. Here's what I love, right? They have every different level. Like my wife and I would be on very different levels. But whatever it is, they can help you achieve it. 
And you can try Peloton risk-free right now with a 30-day home trial. So this is for new members only. It's not available in remote locations. So see additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. So O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N dot com slash home dash trial. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tux Takes. All right, well, so we'll start with Snoop Huntley throwing for only 115 yards, but it's enough for the Ravens to get a 17-9 victory in Atlanta, or against Atlanta. Ravens are not very good. Uh, it's wild because with the Bengals playing the Patriots Monday night, I mean, the Ravens have an excellent chance to still win that division. Making There's a chance that the five seeds in each conference could be the Bengals and the Cowboys. Those are two really good teams. Like Those are teams that have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. But obviously, it's a lot tougher if you have to win three road playoff games like that. But the Falcons, this game was in Baltimore. The Falcons outgained the Ravens. They ran more plays. They had more first downs. But they had to settle for field goals. And they got stopped on downs a bunch. And the Ravens ran it well enough this time with Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Huntley in there a little bit. I did think Desmond Ritter from game one to game two showed pretty good improvement which is encouraging, and he definitely has been getting the ball to Drake London early and often, I think, which is really encouraging. You want to see those two rookies sort of have a rapport together, and they absolutely do. Carolina set franchise records in both rushing yards and total yards in a 37-23 route of the Lions. I mean, that was bad. That was real, real bad by the Lions. Kudos to the Panthers, who set every kind of record. They ran the ball down the Lions' throat all game. They did use utilize Darnold as a runner, which I thought was smart. That is a good part of his game, even just having him as a threat. But 320 yards rushing. The Lions, like front seven, is supposed to be good. Their D-line supposed to be one of the strengths of the team. Really highly disappointing performance by the Lions. Golf put up a lot of yards and three touchdowns to Brandon Zilstra, of all people. But it wasn't nearly enough. It's crazy because Darnold's playing pretty well. And he's still only 25 years old. Makes you think, like, if the Panthers had been playing Darnold all year, where would they be? Careless turnovers from Josh Allen overshadow an AFC's clinching victory over the Bears, 35-13. Bills ended up pulling away, ended up winning by a lot. But it's hard to not look at. I mean, the positives for the Bills, okay, they didn't allow Justin Fields to do anything running the ball. 
Matt Milano is a weapon as a defensive player, but they didn't let Fields get on court. That's a major positive for the Bills. The other major positive, they ran the ball so well. You know, we've kept saying, going to have to run the ball in January. Going to have to run the ball when it gets cold in Buffalo in January. Well, they ran the ball when it was cold in Chicago in December. You know, both Cook and Singletary and the O-line, highly encouraging. Both those long touchdown runs, they smoked Bill's safety. I mean, uh, Bears safeties. One was Brisker. One was Houston Carson. But you said it, Jack. It's hard to not watch Josh Allen and think in three or maybe even four playoff games, he's going to have one of those games where he has a couple of real head-scratching turnovers and they lose. It's not a best of three. It's not a best of five. It's not a best of seven. It's a one-game scenario. And Josh Allen has too many games like that where he has head-scratching turnovers. The Browns are eliminated from playoff contention in a devastating 17-10 loss to the Saints. Boy, I can't believe this. I, mean, I, I can't believe the Browns lost this game. And they were up 10 nothing. So it's the coldest of all the cold games. You're playing at home. You have a great running attack. The Saints have no wide receivers. And you lose. There's no other way around it. It's a really bad loss for the Browns. And it's the type of loss that makes the Browns probably gives them some pause as it relates to Kevin Stefanski. I don't understand why the Browns are out here throwing the ball twice on third and fourth and short when they have that rushing attack. Don't get it at all. The Sorensen interception was huge for the Saints. Taysom Hill was a factor. But Kamara, of all people, had to carry the load, and he did. And now the Saints are still, like, very much in this race. Kudos to the Saints. They found a way to stay in this thing. Now, they got to beat the Eagles on Sunday. Good luck with that. But, um, you know, here they are. They'll be playing a Janu- uh, They'll be playing a meaningful January game, in large part based on, you know, the lack of the, the, the rest of the division. The Chiefs clinched their fifth straight twelve win season with a cheesy twenty four ten winner of the Seahawks. Did you call it cheesy? Oh yeah, because Andy Reid. I was trying to think of pun because Andy Reid got the cheeseburger after the game for Christmas. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I mean. I don't know, not your best effort, Jack, but I appreciate the effort. I'm like, I'm a big fan of at least the attempt. Um, I was really disappointed by the Seahawks offense in this game. I mean, the Chiefs defense had been terrible. And the Seahawks offensively, Kenneth Walker had a big game. They could run it, but the Seahawks couldn't score. He, Geno Smith did not play well again. Now, in fairness, he was under duress the whole game, especially from Chris Jones. He didn't have a whole lot of time, but still. Loftus, by the way, the rookie from Purdue, was making plays. And Jarek McKinnon has turned into, like, a legit weapon for the Chiefs at this point. Big win for them. And Seahawks, remarkably, uh, it's kind of wild because the way they've been playing – they should be out of it. They've lost three straight, 
But at seven and eight, they're right there. So the Seahawks, Lions, Packers, all right there at seven and eight, half a game behind the Commanders. Minnesota does it again with another walk-off victory at home, this time against the Giants, 27-24. Say home again. Home? No, you just changed it. What did I say? Home. Home? Home, like the Philly <laughs> the Philly accent, home. Yo, give me, the, give me my phone so I can call home. Um, the Vikings whiteout looked awesome. Not the best game for Kirk Cousins. But both interceptions ended up getting overturned, so he kind of got saved. Hawkinson had a career-high 13 catches and an incredible touchdown catch. You know what's funny? Like, when you make a trade like that, you don't really know, you know, how vital it is or how important it is. They don't win that game without him. And now they're just one game behind the Eagles. I mean, the Vikings are 12-3. and It's incredible. Just one game behind the Eagles, and they don't win that game without Hawkinson. So that trade on some level has already paid off. I'm just really – I'm getting more and more impressed by Daniel Jones. Thought he played well again, despite being let down by his receivers, taking a beating. Kudos to to Daniel Jones for keeping the Giants in it. Saquon had a big touchdown late. Giants just not able to get – that would have been a huge – I think the Giants would have clinched if they won that one. I think they still clinch if they just win one of the next two. Cincinnati let New England storm back in this one, but they managed to hold on late to a 22-18 victory. They really did. I mean, Burrow was lights out in the first quarter as the Patriots looked terrible again. I mean, just offensive mistakes – you know, the punter drops the ball. It was 22 nothing. The first half, first downs, Jack, 22 first downs for the Bengals, two for the Patriots. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. 22 to two. Bad news for the uh, Chiefs, Chiefs, for the Bengals, probably good news for the Chiefs, is that. Lyle Collins got hurt, turned out towards ACL and MCL for the Bengals, which really, really stinks for a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But the score was 22-0. Then Marcus Jones gets a pick six. Unbelievable how many plays that rookie has made for them this year. Unbelievable how many teams missed out on him in the draft. Jacoby Myers had like a miracle touchdown for a ball going off. It was almost like a Hail Mary third and 28 or something that he caught. But the Patriots blew a golden opportunity. They were going to get a huge win. Huge win. Ramondre Stevenson's fumble totally blew it uh, near the goal line. They ripped it out, and that was the end of the game. Unreal. The Titans lose their fifth straight and control of the AFC South following a 19-14 upset from the Texans. So the game was delayed an hour due to a power outage. That's a new one. The Texans couldn't stop Derrick Henry early as he had a long touchdown run. But then they did better. Uh, Malik Willis struggled. Not much of a surprise there. And Davis Mills, who's been playing much better, coincidentally or not, since they put him back in the lineup, he got it done after a Derrick Henry fumble 
throwing the ball to Amari Rodgers, Brandon Cooks. Texans get a nice win so they can feel better about themselves, but they can't win another one. Otherwise, they might lose number one pick. Taylor Heineke is benched in favor of Carson Wentz, but it doesn't matter. Is the 49ers handling pretty easily, winning 37-20. Nice, Jack. Nice. That one I caught on right away. Um, there was a couple of late turnovers by Heineke, a fumble and a pick, and Ron Rivera was just like, yeah, I've seen enough. So he puts in Wentz, which makes it a very interesting decision this week for Ron Rivera because it feels like the team kind of rallies around Heineke but their best drive of the game came when Wentz was in. And, I mean, here we are. they got two games left, and right now they'd be in the playoffs. And Rivera wants to make sure they make the playoffs. That's a big decision for him. Whoever's quarterback, keep throwing the ball to Jahan Dotson. What a stud that guy is. And then for the, uh, for the Niners, Nick Bosa, two more sacks. Pretty good chance he's the defensive player of the year. I mean, Micah Parsons played well against the Eagles, but didn't make any like game-changing plays Bosa has. I think Micah Parsons might come up as the runner-up second year in a row. Turnovers proved costly for Philadelphia, who lose in the closing seconds to the Cowboys, 40-34. Well, you're exactly right. Huge blown opportunity for the Eagles because Minshew played pretty well. They, I mean, they put up 34 points. Then one of those was a pick six from Josh Sweat. But uh, Minshew had two interceptions. But both the times, I thought Quez Watkins wasn't strong enough at the catch point. You know, if anything, those should have been incompletions, not interceptions. Eagles run defense really stuffed the Cowboys. Pass rush had six sacks. But they couldn't get stops a bunch of times on third down, fourth down. Dak was awesome in the game. I mean, he really was. Other than that pick six, thought Dak played extremely well. Eagles had some costly miscommunications in the secondary. Penalty on a fourth and eight. Um, they give up a third and 30 to T.Y. Hilton, which was easily the biggest play of the game. Eagles had a fumbled exchange on a handoff between Minshew and Boston Scott. Miles Sanders... Had a critical fumble late. Just a, like I said, missed opportunities for the Eagles who weren't able to take advantage of Devontae Smith having an incredible game. Next, we have the game that you were at in Pittsburgh, who after the start of the season three and seven are on the playoff bubble following a 13 10 victory over the Raiders. Let's start with the food, Jack. Give the people what they want. Uh, they had a nice salad bar. What I didn't care for is they didn't have some like viable protein options to put on top of the salad, really like a chicken or something that I could just drop on top of the salad. But they had a salad bar. They had shells, but by the time I got to them, they kind of needed a new tray. Um, they had like oh gratin potatoes. Same thing. I kind of got the, uh, the end of the pan. Uh, they had a nacho bar, but Again, I'm not a big nacho bar guy unless there's some type of protein involved. Sugar cookies, which are not my jam. I will say uh, the prime rib carving station was pretty good. And the wedding soup. They had Italian wedding soup. That was really the star of the show. I'll give them a solid B. It, it was could have been better, to be honest. But I'll give them a solid B. 
as for the game, Cam Hayward was incredible for the Steelers, but I feel like the Raiders could have done a much better job of not putting Dylan Parham, the rookie, one-on-one against Hayward as much as they did. Spillane, who played most of the game instead of Devin Bush, ended up having a pick. Spillane had a big game. Raiders got off to a good start. They went right down the field for a touchdown, but not much after that. Derek Carr had three really bad interceptions in the second half, including the clincher late. I'm kind of high on Kenny Pickett. I I like Kenny Pickett. He's got a, a poise about him. He's very comfortable in the pocket. He moves well. I, I think he has it. Um, I didn't think the Raiders got the ball to Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs nearly enough. And I'm really happy for those Pittsburgh fans. You know, with everything that happened with Franco Harris and that tragic loss and sitting in the weather, I was kind of glad at the end. I, mean, I don't really care, but I was glad at the end that those people were rewarded with a win. Another second half surge this season is the Packers, who handled the who handed the Dolphins their fourth straight loss, twenty six twenty. Well, man, the Dolphins were up twenty to ten, as Tua had an awesome first half, including that long waddle touchdown. There were big plays back and forth. Green Bay went for it on fourth down a lot and had some success with it. But the story of the game was the last three possessions for the Dolphins. All three, Tua had terrible, I mean, terrible interceptions. I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's going to be tough for him to live that down. They've lost their fourth straight game and a huge step back for Tua after he played well against the Bills. Patrick Starr calls out Russell Wilson in a team-imploding loss to MVP Baker Mayfield and the Rams, 51-14. Who, who called out who? Patrick Starr called out Russell Wilson. Did you not see the Nickelodeon broadcast of the Christmas Day game? No, not really. No. Who's Patrick it's... Starr? SpongeBob? Your kids never watch SpongeBob. No. Come on, Ross. No. <laughs> Patrick Starr, what did he say? <laughs> he just said Russ like he threw an interception. He's like, that's not what Russ wanted to cook. And it was just it was stupid. But I thought you would knew Patrick Starr at least. That's 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 a shame. No, you know what? My kids have never really gotten into SpongeBob. I think they probably watched it before. My kids don't watch a lot of TV. Um, but no, they, they haven't really gotten into SpongeBob that much. Baker Mayfield played lights out, as did Cam Akers, Tyler Higby. I have no idea how the Rams offense was all of a sudden unstoppable against that Broncos D, but it was. Russell Wilson was really bad. Yet again, mercifully benched. Um, I am officially at the point where I like feel bad for him. He, he, he's just not good anymore. I don't know what to say. Thought the Rams' defense was legit throughout, including picks by like Jalen Ramsey, uh, Kobe Durant. Ugly game, though. Good game to not watch that much. Tom Brady leads the Buccaneers downfield once again overtime, beating the Cardinals 19-16. to Unreal, man. I mean, Brady looked bad most of the game. The Bucs are a really tough watch. Even, I swear, when they do something positive, there's a penalty that brings it back. Or they'll have wide-open receivers like Julio Jones and Brady misses them. Brady's not a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. 
He is not. I always call it like I see it, but they came back from down 10 in the fourth quarter because Brady found a way to play his best when it mattered the most. I actually thought overall Trace McSorley acquitted himself pretty well. That costly fumble late was tough. It was like a quick pitch to Ingram, the running back, and I still think Ingram should have caught it, but it was definitely a little bit behind him. And that gave the Bucks another chance, and they made the most of it. It's wild how good J.J. Watt still is at his age. The Bucks O-line is not very good, and losing Josh Wells makes it even worse. However, all that being said, the Bucks can still clinch the NFC South with a win over the Panthers next week in what becomes a really, really big game. Who would have thought here we are in January with that being a big game, but it absolutely is. Other than that, shout-outs always. Love giving the shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, BackOfficeScheduler.com, and of course, there's never a bad time to get someone a story from myfrontpagestory.com. College draft this morning as well. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.